Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. One more week to go until kickoff of the 2022 season, and we're here for all of it. This is Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Mary Smith here, and with a hearty congratulations to my partners in crime, Brad Sturdy and Mike Kegley. Fellas, the one-year anniversary of this fine program. Whew. A one-year with Mike Kegley. I mean, there are very few people outside of his wife who can do that. So um, so we, we, we deserve a... We deserve some something. I don't know, some sort you know, of award. No, it's it's been a blast. I, I will say it's been a blast. It's been fun. I I love to give Mike a hard time, but it's been great working with you guys for a year. And uh, I feel like uh, we're we're getting a little bit better over the past year because I listen. We we listen to the next one uh, or the the first one from a year ago. Woo! Well, <laughs> and and what people don't know is when the microphones were off. Brad sounded like Lou Gehrig talking about how he was the luckiest man on the planet. And then all of a sudden the <laughs> microphones come on and he forgets <laughs> my friend, by the way, my close personal friend, Lou Gehrig. What's funny. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he echoed just like Lou. It was incredible. Yeah, exactly. Brad, Brad echoes how he did that today, uh, today, today. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the girls that he coaches, no wonder they have all these state championships because he can echo and do all these different special effects all by himself. Here's an into, uh, into <laughs> skills, <playing>. skills. <laughs> no, it's been a lot of fun. And um, uh, we were all friends before we become better friends since then. And, and uh, we appreciate all your comments, everyone writing in and uh, keep those things coming. Hey, by the way, Brad mentioned it in case you weren't around last August, we're going to play just a snippet from that first episode other sports spectacular and as as the guys said uh what a difference a year makes huh uh as always it's a jam-packed a uh, couple of hours ahead we'll hear from Alana football coach brett bielema brad underwood in an unusual place we'll tell you what that's about and we'll take a look around the big 10 starting with uh hey let's talk right now about uh the big bombshell thursday morning we knew it was coming now it's official uh billion dollar a year deal for the big 10 Fox football game at noon. They take over CBS at 3.30 Eastern time and then a primetime game on NBC. Fellas, um, kudos to uh, to Kevin Warren and the Big Ten Brass for getting this done. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of money there. I mean, when you, we, you know, we, we heard there's going to be a lot of money and it was a lot of money and they, they got it done. And it, it's huge for these programs. I mean, these schools now have a lot of money they can use for whether it's, you know, coaching contracts, but also for facilities, for upgrades to make themselves, you know, to be the best programs in the country in, in their fields. And they've got the money now to do it. Yeah. And I think the, the smart thing that I would do if I was the big 10 is I think I'd enter into some sort of labor agreement with these players to give them a little bit of revenue sharing to prevent some of these situations that the NCAA could see coming and oh, by the way, if you go to a Big Ten school, um, you can get in the revenue sharing, and that would be a recruiting benefit as well. Well, and you have to think that was also a report this week. I think it was on ESPN about you know possibly college football breaking away from the NCAA. I mean, all these things in place. It's going to take yep. time. We keep saying it's not going to happen next week or next month. It's going to take years in the process. But I think again, by the time this deal is up, it's a seven-year deal that starts in twenty twenty-three. 
by the time that's up, we may see those mega conferences that we've talked about because the SEC, I think their deal still has another, another three years left, four years left, um, what they're doing. Um, I think that the Big Ten on CBS, that 3.30 Eastern slot is huge. Um, and then you follow up with the NBC game that night. And again, take nothing away from Fox. And again, you've got also games um, that you will have on, on the Big Ten Network, of course, and on FS1. So um, I think the package, the visibility is fantastic. And again, it goes back to why are these so valuable? The Big Ten can walk in with the top four TV networks in their pocket, the t- TV markets, I mean. And, and that's big. Take it, take, you know, listen, SEC is great. God love you. That's great. But eyeballs matter. And, and, and Big Ten has the, the markets and no one else has them. Yeah, I think it's huge. And, and the other thing is they also have, you know, what I thought was really interesting is the escalator clauses. Yeah. That as they add more markets, they may get even more revenue. And that's pretty, so that tells you they're not done expanding. And during this contract, which is seven years, 2023 to 2030, they're going to add more schools and more programs and more markets. Yep, and that will allow uh, schools on the West Coast to have less angst about their teams having to travel so far. So I think this is really a a masterful move by the Big Ten, and I think they're going to set the standard for how other conferences, i.e. the SEC, because there's really only two conferences that matter anymore, um, they're going to copy how this goes. It's amazing, you know. You're they've got seven plus billion dollars of revenue, and technically, no athletes to pay yet. The NFL and the NBA, they've got a ton of money. They've got to pay a percentage to their players. This is a good deal. Now, obviously, the schools and are going to have to pay for all those non-revenue sports, which you know the NFL and NBA don't have to worry about. But it's a um, it's a very impressive deal and really groundbreaking to the point where we can't really overestimate it. Yeah. And it's one of those where um, um, like, as Brad was saying, the escalator clauses, you know, that was one concern we've heard one whisper we have heard. That's a bit a low murmur is that the chancellors and presidents didn't want Oregon or Washington because the, the network said they didn't bring the value. They didn't want to devalue. So the, the existing schools, 14 plus the two in, in LA didn't want to devalue their share. Well, to your point, if you've got escalator clauses in there, um, that's one where you, you know, if it, they work out some kind of rights deal where now it does open the door. If you bring in a Stanford or an Oregon and you say, well, you only get 50 million or you only get 40 million. Um, that, as we've talked before, that's still, that's still more than what you're getting. And, and guys, to your point, I think that it, it almost guarantees that they're not going to stay at 16, maybe this year, maybe in 2022, but I think it guarantees you're going to see some expansion. And I think at the same time, you have to look and see and wonder, will they hold off to get an ACC school? If you get down the line where those rights uh, fees, maybe that the, the buyout changes over time. once you get closer to 2036, where you may see a North Carolina or a Georgia tech or, Florida State or something um, in the Big Ten. And the big, of course, the big domino, it will fall eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Golden Domers will be in the Big Ten at some point. Yep. I, I don't think, I think they have to. Um, the, the, it's the best thing for them monetarily moving forward. So it's going to be fun because they're trying to keep up in the NIL world just like everybody else. Yeah, I still I still keep thinking you you get Notre Dame and you pick Texas or Texas A&M and you get one of those two and it gets to be pretty incredible what the Big Ten can put together 
as a network, basically second only to, you know, NBA and NFL. That's, that's impressive. A lot of options for the Big Ten, and, and they have made it happen. Like we've said, they are the leaders in this, and they have the uh, power to sit back and wait and see what others do. Brad, to your point, Notre Dame, we all know that Notre Dame doesn't fit culturally in the SEC. Um, it's the Big Ten or it's independent, and uh, I think they understand that eventually they're going to have to join. Um, it just seems like that's inevitable at some point down the line. Well, keep it here. We've got a lot to talk about. Final week of the preseason for the Illini football team, and we will hear from Brett Bielema and talk about the countdown to Wyoming. Do you have your tickets yet? Tickets are still for sale for Memorial Stadium next weekend, and we will all be there. We'll talk about it next on the Sports Spectacular. This Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. A couple of reminders. The Illini guys' pre-pregame party kicks off next Friday night at Guido's in downtown Champaign. You're going to want to get there. Doors open at 7. Free food, drink, and prizes. Get your tickets at IlliniGuys.com. And then Saturday, stop by the Illini guys' tent in Grange Grove right outside Memorial Stadium to say hi and get a free gift just for being you because because you're orange and blue football is here and we're having fun with the Illini guys all weekend. So make sure you join us. It is Illinois hosting Wyoming in week zero. As the college football calendar goes, head coach Brett Bielema staging the team's second and final scrimmage in the preseason earlier this week and talked about the team's progress. Uh, I thought offensively uh, again, really um, uh, Tommy art, uh, even RJ got in there and did some stuff. Uh, We really tried to put them in all distance and all situations today. We did a lot of move the ball, just let them play football, um, watch them move up and down the field. Uh, saw some defensive guys make plays. Quan, um, who in my opinion has had a really, really special spring and fall, uh, made a couple of really nice plays today. At halftime, we did pull some of our guys out offensively. We pulled out Palcho uh, after the first couple series, uh, pulled out uh, Sydney and Chase Brown, um, uh, uh, pulled Tommy out eventually. Um, uh, pulled uh, um, on defense Johnny uh, Newton and Quan and Spoon, just some guys after they played a lot of really good football for us. So it was fun to see some of those younger guys get out there and move it around and, and mix it up. And then we also involved the kicking game. Caleb Griffin by far hit the ball as good as he's hit it uh, all fall uh, today and what they think is 100% on all of his field goal attempts. So really good. And he was really he was really knocking it uh, pretty good in the punt game as well. So excited for those guys. Uh, was that open it up? When you've seen guys in the past have really good camps, when you talk about that, have you seen that usually translate in really good seasons? Especially kind of like those seniors, right, that have always been. Quan's a really good player, um, and I've just seen him take another jump this year that uh, has been fun to watch. Uh, I think he stands out especially. I think Spoon's really played well. Um, just really, Spoon said something the other day. He made a nice play, broke on a ball, and, and all the offensive guys thought he was stealing the signal that he knew the play was coming. And I go, why did you know that was coming? And he said, I saw the formation of the boundary. I knew what I was getting to the field. And, it just shows he's thinking like a football player. Um, well, really, at the linebacker spot, C.J. Hart, uh, Tariq Barnes, and, and um, uh, Dark Angelo, those three guys, really kind of like three starting middle, uh, inside linebackers that are really playing at a high level. Um, but yeah, those camp indicators usually are good indicators. How much improvement did you see today from last week? You know, I thought uh, you know last week we had a little bit of weather, so uh, but there wasn't really overly uh, big ball security issues, and today was really good. I thought we caught the ball pretty well. I uh, really can't, I can't, I don't think we had a drop. Um, uh, and then in the kicking game, we caught the ball fairly well uh, in the punt returns, kick returns. So I, I thought ball security overall is good. We've really been preaching to our guys, right, before you learn how to win games, you have to stop from losing. Um, there were still a lot of things out there we can correct off film, but for the most part, it's pretty clean. 
on certain different than yeah. last year. You also had experience, but how does it look different? You know, the, I think the thing that will jump out to you, a lot of the NFL scouts when they're coming through, they know my history and what we're all about, just the length of our offensive line. If you just go from left tackle to right tackle, Julian Pearl is probably our longest player. Um, and then you throw uh, uh, Isaiah Adams now in at left guard. He's extremely long. He's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, but he's, he's got really big length. Um, Pilstrom is very long for a center. A lot of times guys don't have that much length. Pils, Pils play tackle, right? I mean, so it shows how long we are there. And then at right guard with Zai, Zai or Jordan, whoever's in there, Zai, I think, is actually the longest arm length we have on, on the roster. And then at right tackle, Pouchel's extremely long. So like, I just think tackle to tackle, that uh, that's going to jump out for sure on the offensive line. I mean, future length on the line, Mountis might have yeah. all of it. But it's just I'm talking with him Saturday, he just seems like genuinely excited to be playing football. Pouchel said he's kind of been a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I go back to my first phone call with him. Like, you guys probably met him for or talked to him for the first time. He's just got a big personality. Um, you know, he's done a lot of interviews, so my guess is he probably did all right in his interviews. He's very polished, very clean. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, but, you know, we're aware of these freshmen, whether they're coming, uh, you know, Aiden uh, Lawfrey, who's right down the road at Gibson City, or uh, Mountis, who came halfway around the world, right? Those freshmen hit a wall every year, right? Sometimes it happens in week one. Sometimes it doesn't happen until the end of the semester in the spring. At some point, it hits them. And, and Mountis uh, had a little moment, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And, and it was awesome for me, really fun and enjoyable to sit down and kind of just talk through the moment with him. We knew it was going to happen, and he's just championed it really well. You've always had good centers, Brett, but how's Pill kind of developed over yeah. time since you've gotten here? You know, so Pill is such a cool story that I didn't realize, right? I knew he was a walk-on tight end, but like right. when I got here, he'd already started playing O-line. But his physical development since I've been here is off the charts. And then uh, Bart has really done a nice job. Uh, he's done an incredible job just letting Pill play with his feet underneath him, which allows him to generate more power. Um, he, he really, I think, is playing with a a base now that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. He, he's a guy, when you're talking about camps, right, like he's always been good. I think last spring we weren't quite sure, and now he's he's uh, solidified himself as our starting center. And yeah, I mean, we were recruiting a center uh, last spring, and I, I looked, right, so my last uh, four centers had either been drafted in the first or second round. Mm -hmm. the la I think the last five that had started for me, and then Kramer ends up being, was he the fifth? Yeah. Fifth round? Sixth round? Sixth round? Oh, um, yeah. So the last six centers that started a college football game for me had either been, I think there was two firsts, two seconds, and, and a third, and now a, f a fifth, right? And um, I'm not sure where Pill is in that alignment, but I, I do think he's an NFL player eventually to at least get a shot. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm I like, really, you can, it's like we're getting to that point. Like, we're in that last week and last chance and getting all the, talking about the improvement of these guys. He's getting that, you know, kind of getting the hype train going a little bit. You know, this guy's going to here and this guy's here and, I'm really excited. I'm ready for this football season to start. I want to see what they can do. They, and a lot of people are over. I'll be honest with you. People are kind of overlooking. Wyoming isn't that bad. This is going to, they're going to have to play well in this game. So I, but I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah. In particular, I really want to see how this defense plays. If they live up to their expectations, um, this is going to be a really fun Illini team to watch. And can can they keep Tommy DeVito upright? If they can keep him upright, you know he's played fairly well in the past. I'm I'm excited, uh, just like Brad is, and and I tell you, it would be great to see the Illini put together a bowl effort this season. Yeah, I'd like to see him put together, and I think even more than that, I want a, a hot start. We've talked before how we have seen um, just so many of these um, uh, Illinois teams start off one and three or you know, or two and four and love to see him go three and one or four and oh, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know, but I mean, I just, 
I think the fan base would really get behind this team and, and let's pack Memorial stadium. We haven't had many sellouts in recent years. Let's try to get some fans in the seats and, and bring the excitement back to uh, on Saturday afternoons. Well, this segment on the sports spectacular brought to you by Busey bank. Hang on. We're not done. Illini guys, football writer and analyst, Matt Stevens joins us next with his thoughts. And trust me, he had a better seat than you uh, during the entire preseason. And we'll get his perspective. That's coming up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships. Build community and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Talking Illini football, and as promised, football writer and analyst Matt Stevens at IlliniGuys.com joins us. Uh, Matt, I know you're allowed a limited view of practice, but it's still better than our vantage point. Uh, with camp over now, what were you able to able to see? You know, I, I, you saw a defense that's in year two that is, just, you know, I think you didn't hear a whole lot of we're, we're trying to install this and we're trying to install that. You started heard a lot of we're trying to fine tune this and we're trying to fine tune that and we're trying to see if anybody you know in the two deep is worthy of playing, um, and, and and might deserve more snaps than we were giving them credit for. On offense, you, you're hearing the exact opposite. We are installing everything and we've got to get everything right. We've got to get the tempo the way I want it. If you're if if you're listening to Barry Lenny Jr. and then you've got to figure out who your playmakers are and who can, who can do some things. So I, I think there's two objectives going on here. And, and it's been interesting because I've heard that there are days in which the offense looks really, really good. And there are days in which the defense just dominates. Um, and, and I think that's good coming out of fall camp. And the most importantly, yeah, you know, most important aspect of it is I think they've come out relatively healthy, which is, you know, a, a godsend because that's, that's not what happened last year. And you opened up a year with, you know, Chase Brown, not, not being hundred percent and and not knowing what you were going to get out of your offensive line and, and having an offensive lineman like Jordan Slaughter go down. So um, they come out relatively healthy. They've there's still major question marks on offense, but it, it does look like this defense is just kind of trying to build off of what they did last year under Ryan Walters. I guess Matt, my question is, is the offense, you know, you say they're, in, they're putting this in or putting that in, how close are they to having everything they want in place? heading into the season opener? You know, Brad, as we sit here right now, I think they have everything installed, which is very, very good news. And I think that's what you want to hear from a timetable standpoint. The problem is, is I don't know if they've repped it enough that would, you know, make Barry Lenny very, very happy. And, and I think he is a perfectionist by nature. In a perfect world, I've said it before, I'll say it again, like, like Barry would, would go to high school. He's just one of those kind of guys, Brad, is that, I mean, it's, he's a teacher more than he is a football coach. 
in, in a way, and I think he would want to rep it as many times as possible. I don't think he loves the week zero start as much as, say, Brett Bielema does. I, I think he, he enjoys the idea. He would like another week to get this offense fine-tuned, but I think it's a matter of just um, trying to go find playmakers instead of trying to go find plays, if that makes any sense, with where they are in their preparation right now. So, you know, when we look at this this pacing that they talked about as being the big change in the offense, what does a fan need to look for to see if it's been successful? Are they going to notice anything different when they're watching the Illini play? Yeah, I think if it's done properly, it's it's what Gus Malzahn wanted when I was covering Auburn, which is less substitutions, more uh, a lot a lot more organization from from play to play. The communication in between when we get a play and when when the ball gets put down again is going to be really really interesting. If they're subbing a lot, um, that means that they're kind of helter skelter and and it's it's going to look a little bit you know kind of weird. It's probably not going to look as as proficient as Barry wants it to look. But I think there are times where I, I do think that you're going to see a lot of what you saw last year in, in terms of scheme and in terms of formation. And the reason for that is Barry Lenny has figured out he's in the Big Ten. So if they need to go big and they need to, you know, they need to, you know, physically pound the football, they will do that. If they need to huddle, they will do that. If there's something that they need to get figured out very, very quickly in, in, in a, uh, you know, certain down and distance type of situation, this is a big time play, then, then, then we need to figure out exactly what we want to do. Um, if they feel like they've got the defense on their heels, you know, I watched Gus Malzahn just, you know, wind his finger a whole bunch and say, Hey, just run that again. You know, and, and the, the, you know, the inside zone to Trey Mason went for like 350 yards in the SEC championship game. And you could see that, uh, you know, a lot for Barry Lenny going, Hey, Chase Brown's on a roll. Let's just keep giving him the rock, you know, kind of, kind of one of those deals. So, I think it's a feel thing for Barry. I think he's 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 worked it really well at UTSA the last two years with Jeff Trailer's offense, and I think that it'll be a feel thing come August 27th when they line up against against Wyoming. What is it talking with uh, Matt Stevens here, um, IlliniGuys.com football writer and analyst? Um, I was mentioning before the break that I would really love to see this team jump out, and and it's just been. It may not have been this long. It feels like it was Zooks last year in 09, the last time this team you know went undefeated going into October. Um, I think I think that's accurate. Um, is this a team? I, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is this a team that if the ball bounces right, we we could see a three and one start out of this team? Or dare we dream of four and zero? I mean, are these first four opponents beatable in your opinion? It's possible. Um, I don't think I don't think Illinois is going to be favored. According to the early line, they're not going to be favored in Bloomington against Indiana, which is very, very surprising to me, except for the fact that the game's in Bloomington. Um, right now, I think they're a five-point dog going into that game at, in, in Bloomington. Um, Virginia's got a a quarterback that I think is going to get drafted um, come next April, and pretty much nothing else. I mean, in, in a sense of get a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, you bring a quarterback back, you bring some skill pieces back, but everything else could be in flux there and, and they're coming to Champaign and your other two games are Wyoming and Chattanooga. And you feel like Illinois ought to be able to out talent them from a roster standpoint. Wyoming's very, very good. I heard Brad in the last segment say that he's very, he's hundred percent correct on that. The problem for Craig Bull and company is, is that they lost so many guys to the transfer portal to bigger schools because they performed so well for him at Wyoming. And then they made the jump. 
So I think he's going to be dealing with a lot of inexperience, not only on offense, but on defense and some key positions. And I think Illinois can take advantage of that. But it is not inconceivable. I'm not betting on it, but it's not inconceivable for Illinois to roll into Brett Bielema's return to Madison on October 1st, 4-0. I'm all for 4-0 starts. I don't know about you, Matt. Um, but I think that'd be a good way to go. But uh, as you kind of look really at... In, I'm really excited for to have a year where people in October don't talk to me about basketball season. I really <laughs> Well, that may, they may talk about basketball anyway. So let, let's right. be honest, but you know, um, you know, as I kind of look at, if, if we look at this is, do they have enough, like, can, does Illinois have enough offense to do that though? I think their defense is going to be good enough, but as we know, the best teams in college football can put up points. Can't my last question, just can they put up enough points to be successful this season? If Tommy DeVito is as good as advertised and they find some playmakers at wide receiver, I don't know exactly who that's going to be, whether to compliment Isaiah Williams, and that could be Brian Hightower, it could be Pat Bryant, it could be uh, it, it could be Casey Washington, it could be any of those guys. If they find anything like that, then I think they're cooking with gas, and I think that they could put up enough points to take care of a pretty good defense. And, again, that 4-0 start becomes even more and more conceivable at that point. Okay, Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. Many thanks. And a story change is coming to college basketball next, all along the Illini Guys radio network. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You know, never a shortage of things to talk about, fellas. And, um, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me this week, the NIT, right? It's a, it's a March New York staple, National Invitational Tournament, leaving New York, going to Vegas next year, and then Indianapolis. I mean, I, that's great. You get a chance to move around, but um, for the purists, it almost seems like sacrilege. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's like, I don't know. It's a, you know, it's kind of Madison square garden, you know, the Mecca, the, you know, the, the I, I don't know, the center of basketball there in New York. It's kind of cool. I mean, nothing wrong with Indy. I love Indy for the big 10 tournament. I love Vegas, but at the same time, it's just kind of takes away some of that. But again, as we've seen, Travel doesn't mean anything and money talks and there's clearly more money somewhere else. And that's the way it always works. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go the other direction on this. It's uh, NIT. Nobody really cares anyway. So maybe they get some headlines, you know, because they're not having it at Madison square garden or New Yorkers go, Hey, we should have it at Madison square garden. So they pony up in a couple of years. I, 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 you know, people are tuned into the NCAA tournament at this time. So I, I don't know that I will. I, I, I'm trying to figure out the last time I watched the NIT might have been when Illinois was in it. You you would think a guy his age would understand the historical <laughs> significance of the NIT. I mean, you would think that. I mean, you know, guys, guys who played with Red Grange should know that. So, yeah, it, the, the NIT stands for not in touch because. <laughs> they haven't been important for years. Yeah, Mike. Mike was there with the NIT was more important than the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, you, that's right, Brad. You think he would know? Uh, you would he, think. <laughs> well, look, look. I think for teams that are, if if the if the price of hotel rooms is the same in March as it is right now, consider a blessing because 
you yeah, can stay no, in Vegas no. for a fraction of what you can stay in Manhattan. Let's just put it that way. Pizza's not as good. That is. That's about yeah. it. Good. Okay. I'd rather. I. I, I got to be that, honest that's with you. Fair. I, that's. I fair. enjoy my trips to Vegas more than I do my trips to New York City. So I mean, yeah. Call me fun. Mm, yeah. I, no. I don't know, man. I, well, I like all of them. I like going everywhere. I'm not yeah. picky. I'm not going. They have they have good pizza everywhere, Mike. Come on now, you find it. You know that you're the first one to say that there's good pizza everywhere. Yeah, it's it's tough to find down in Dallas. I can just tell you that. Okay, much. well, <laughs> right. Well, that's well. Nit's not going to Dallas, and maybe a good reason. So why yeah, exactly? What, what there are, you go. What are the criteria? Bad pizza <laughs> in Dallas, according to Mike. Yeah, it could, it very well could. You know what? If that's the criteria, Dallas won't see an Nit. <laughs> well, never happen. Uh, there's one good pizza that. place for those people in Dallas: Louis Dive Bar. On Henderson, there you guy go. from Chicago, guy from Chicago, of course, right? What doesn't it figure? There you go. There's, there's just one. Hey, LeBron James, uh, he's a guy that's been known to travel as well and uh, choose several homes. Going to be in LA. It looks like now through the 2024 2025 season, um, two year contract extension for like what ninety four million dollars. I mean, I mean, which he's look, he's he, one of the all time greats. I mean, I, I get that, but I just wonder for the Lakers. Um, financially can you can you give him that kind of money and still build a team around him when you're paying anthony davis the money that he wants as well i don't think you can i mean i i I, you know obviously i i guess you know i i don't begrudge lebron getting his money because he is an all-time great he's one of the top five you know we can argue where he fits but he's definitely a top five player of all time and he is a he's he's great and he's still great even at you know you know, half Mike's age. So he's, uh, <laughs> he's a guy who's, you know, he's still playing well. And, and so I, I don't begrudge him getting his money, but if your goal is to win in LA again, you know, not in a pandemic, you know, bubble in an actual season and probably not the best thing to do is probably not to, it's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. Le- LeBron is a, is an interesting, you know, situation you know you look at you look at like what happened with the miami heat they had a choice they could get rid of their coach or they could keep lebron and lebron has won two titles since then and miami's won zero but this appears to be just a a horrible way if you want to win titles to keep it going and i i i understand lebron's a great player but my goodness, um, between LeBron getting this contract and Kevin Durant telling the Nets what to do for two years and they do it to the letter and then he doesn't like the direction they're going and he wants to be traded, I, I'm, I'm not certain which of these. I, well, I guess Durant's probably a worse move, but neither one makes a lot of sense to me if you want a title. Well, and it's you just you can't, again, the way the rules go, and, and this is why the Warriors, you know, NBA – execs coaches players mad at the warriors but they drafted these guys and they just keep re-signing them and they don't mind paying the the extra extra money and so okay that's what they want to do but i'm looking right now and lebron james and anthony davis next year combined are going to make 82 million and then the next year they're going to it goes up to about 87 million and then it goes about 90 million so um you know i mean russell westbrook's not going to be around long that salary goes off the books but but again the problem is that then you drop down and you know, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, the Chicago native, he's at 10 million this year, 11 million next year. 
Uh, nobody after that making even six million. I mean, right right now you have only looks like there's like one guy under contract other than LeBron and Anthony Davis after this year, and that's that's THT. So you're bringing in a bunch of pieces. You're going to bring in for mid-level exceptions or whatever, just to build, fill out your roster. You're not getting anywhere with a journeyman as your, your fifth starter. I'll play for five. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Do- dollars. $5. They have a, hey, you know, the weird thing, if you, you think about that, and I'm not trying to be to bag on LeBron either because, but he's not going to get, he's not getting better at this stage in his career. Right. You know what I mean? So it, you, you need to add pieces that are younger. I mean, I, I kind of, you, you look at what the Warriors did when they struggled there for a couple of years and they had like, you know, Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman dudes with huge upside potential. If they pan out great, if they don't, well, we're still winning NBA titles. So it, it was really did a good job. It almost like goes back to, the Warriors are almost like when the remember when the Spurs had you know David Robinson and then he went and became the Admiral and they were terrible right and then you know he went to the Navy and then they draft Tim Duncan and then they have or he got hurt or whatever it was and they they were able to get like multiple guys who are like top level guys and and then they win they won five titles you know yeah, yeah so it's, it's a little more reminiscent of of uh, you know they they had the year you when you get um, Thompson hurt and then the same year um, as they're dealing with him being gone Steph gets hurt too so you get you get a year that you're really not trying to tank but you get those you get that draft choice and then you know Wiseman you know turns out to be okay you know what we think he's going to be okay but at least he's a tradable asset Um, Mm -hmm. I I I sit back and, and I watch them and and that team can reload here if they're if they're smart, you know they can be good for another ten years. Um, meanwhile, LeBron, I, I, I'm happy he's got his money. I, I have no doubt he he earns every penny for Absolutely. his team. But yeah, boy, there's no, there's no there's no title on the horizon there. No, no, it's not going to happen. And don't get me about the well, it's the Lakers and blah blah blah. Lakers are the Lakers, so I, 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 you know. In fact, be careful. By the time this contract's up, the Clippers' new arena will be done. And all of a sudden, that'll be the cool place to go. Uh, A quick timeout to pay some bills, and we're back with more after this. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Hey, Illini guys, Sports Spectacular, and let's just, let's just, let's just take this in for a moment. Almost a year in the works, and fellas, the show is here, on the air. Woo-hoo. Yeah, man. There you go. Not the party favors. That's right. Larry Smith along with uh, Brad Sturdy and Mike Cagley, and literally a cast of thousands that before this uh, series is all done, many, many years from now, you'll meet them all. 
Hey guys, already in late August. Did you guys steal my summer? Like what, what happened? My, I, I, I have to go back to school. So you, you guys, you, you know, you just work all summer. I got to, I like, I was on vacation. Now I got to do real stuff. So this is uh, you can't just watch basketball recruits in all over the country. Yeah. It's a tough life. You live there. I, I'm going back to work on the 23rd. It's, it's just crazy. So the summer's gone. <laughs> Uh, fellas, thankfully, we dropped the paper cups with the strings tied between the two of them and, and brought some actual microphones. That was exactly a year ago, uh, the same weekend, third weekend in August, when we began the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. I think we've, I think we've, we've made some progress. We, we don't sound like we're in a, like a metal box maybe now, so that's better. <laughs> where were I'm still – Where were we? I'm still angry that Batman called and wanted the cave back. (laughs) It really sounded like, remember back when you were kids and you had like the radio shack, like tape recorder and you would like, you Uh, know, with a little black with the silver handle and you'd record stuff on it. That's what it sounded like. Like Larry, we play, Larry, we played when we were kids. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, that's right. That's why Larry's still on the radio because he was playing with his Radio Shack toys back then. Exactly. So that's, that's, right. that's right. Guys, I'm telling you, I, in the attic, in the in the Smith abode, there is a tape from the early 80s when I used to do a fake radio show for a fake university because I didn't know I could do this as a career, uh, literally. And I, I'm going to find that and somehow digitize it and play it one day. And you'll see what I'm talking about. So, no, it's been cool. What a what a fun year it's been. And um Glad we invested in some real microphones and, and a real sound. This is, this is pretty cool. Clearly, we had to get that taken care of. All right. We move on from then. We get to present day. Uh, it's a downtime for Illinois basketball. You know, the players went home. Coaches went on vacation. Uh, but, Sturdy, you're always on the case. You caught up with Brad Underwood. Tell us about that. Yeah, Brad was uh, at the state fair um, showing Herefords. You know, Pold Herefords, actually. Um, he's good friends with uh, Jack Louderman from his days, uh, who's a Hereford. Uh, he has Pold Herefords. He races them. And um, those are cattle, for those of you who don't know. And he was, uh, they, he know, knows him from his days back at Western Illinois University. And so he bought a heifer and bought another heifer. And so he was in a little showmanship contest against Rob Jeter from, the, from Western Illinois University. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I, so I asked him about it and talked about being at the state fair uh, a little bit after the show. Brad Underwood got the uh, showmanship championship at the celebrity uh, <laughs> state fair showmanship there at the Pold and Horn Herford show. Uh, what was it like being out there? Well, I, I tell you what, you're always a little nervous when it's something you don't get to do. And, uh, and now this is the second time. Uh, a little more comfortable, but uh, I think this might have been rigged a little bit. But uh, uh, no, it was. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy agriculture. I enjoy uh, um, everything that this is about, the people, and and um, so I had a great time. And uh, uh, it's always fun to be out here, and it's fun to talk to the people. Of course, you did. You may have had the rig with Lauren McMillan, who's big is the block eye orange crush over at Illinois. Did she did she give you like a tap say oh you're good coach right? you you got this no tap Who's no it? tap she made me sweat through it she made me sweat through it but I, I I do admit I felt pretty good when she had the uh, orange blazer on and uh, and then I was uh, uh, you know she was she was I felt comfortable with that so you know being being a part of the Orange Crush is which is something that uh, we deal with a lot and we appreciate everything that they do so uh, maybe a little insider. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> help there. Did you, uh, so when you, you get to come to the state fair, have you got a chance to take in any other sites? I mean, obviously cattle show, have you got to take in any food? Any? Yet? No, I haven't, but there's going to be food on the way out. I can promise <laughs> you that it's, uh, it's that time of day. And you know, I, I'm, uh, I love fried, so I'm sure I can find a, uh, fried Twinkie or, or something <laughs> else, but, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll make those stops on the way out. You said it's going to be like an annual <coughs> annual trip for you. Is it, it the fair means obviously means a lot? Yeah. Well, and Jack Louderman is a guy that's been a good friend for thirty plus years, and and um, in the cattle business with him, it gives me an opportunity to uh, to come over and, and really do something that I don't get to do uh, and and be around uh, in any, in any other setting. And uh, you know, we're traveling so much, and and we're. Uh, chasing ball players and coaching, and then to step away and do something uh, completely different is really fun. Yeah, and and I tell you what I loved is uh, the way he he made reference to maybe the deck was stacked <laughs> because yeah. because of who the judge was, and I guess I thought that was fantastic. So he's having a fun time, and then he even pokes <laughs> a little bit of fun at himself, making sure he wins. And I like a coach who's going to make sure that he wins. And if you're gonna if you're gonna go into a contest, you darn well better have the judges stacked. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem like it's. I, I think you're right. And and Sturdy, you know as well as anybody, it seems like that he's kind of having a little more fun now. Look, you know, when he first came on, you had issues with this wasn't his team trying to change the culture. He does that. Then COVID hits, and so now you're in a constant state of flux, trying to keep kids healthy, trying to keep building the program, trying to keep recruiting, and then. Are you going to be able to play? Well, are you able to practice? I mean, you know, last year, I mean, the ton of injuries we've talked about. It seems like he's at a point, at least for a moment, where he can kind of exhale and, and enjoy himself. The programs, you know, it, they were chasing uphill to start. I mean, you're trying to build this program, and they're bringing in so many guys every year, and they're just throwing, trying to bring anybody that who will come at the beginning. Like, I mean, we're taking chances, and some of them worked out. You know, Andres Feliz worked out. Georgie Bishanisvili worked out for the most part. But, you know, they, a lot of these, some of them didn't. Now they're bringing in a higher level player and, and you can see they're much more comfortable with where they're at recruiting, taking a couple, three guys. They don't have to, you know, just throw against the wall and take projects. They can recruit legit players. So I think he's more comfortable where he's at. I mean, obviously when you go, what is it? 31 and nine in the big 10 over two seasons, you're, you're more comfortable because you're winning. That's a lot more fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the bottom line is, is now he's telling guys either come here or don't um, and, and getting people to come here versus Samba Kane, who, when he, when he left was so afraid that I don't think he told the coaching staff. So, I mean, that's the difference he of. Did, he didn't. <laughs> he just go. Wait, he really, okay. Oops. He really didn't tell. He was. <laughs> Where'd Samba go? Yeah. He was afraid of Underwood. He's gone. Oh, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I didn't know that. I love that story. <laughs> well, Sam, yeah. For those, those of you who forgotten, Sam McCain, who came here as a freshman, had a lot of promise, a uh, young man, uh, what, 6'11", 7 foot, uh, transferred out, um, showed some progress, but but he, he moves on, and he was so afraid of Underwood that he, he didn't tell him he was going to leave. <laughs> I'm out. I have that I'm right. Out, but I'm not telling you. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. That would be like if we turned on, if we if we got ready for our broadcast and instead of sturdy, there was just a, a hanger with a hat and some earphones. <laughs> We'd be like, That's right. did Brad leave? <laughs> where, where, where I'm not go? telling you. 
I'm afraid of Kagley. Kagley bullies me. I'm afraid. Oh gosh, I get that. That is one of my favorite stories because I've never heard of like, you know, somebody actually going like, have they quit? Have they not quit? Not, I not guess level. I mean, on a, a high school, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but for a major power five basketball program where scholarships involved and i mean you know again these kids are i should say these young men and these young women i mean you know they're 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 tied into the program like daily i mean i'm sure that it's rare for a day or two to go by if you're not in contact with somebody yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, we should contact it's weird it's summer and just like it's summer and they just had an opportunity and got out of there so they were they were Get away during that two week break. It's be like that two week break we took from the radio. I was, I just disappear. Just gone. Just didn't come back. You know, maybe, maybe what, what coach Underwood could do next time is get like Marlon Perkins and go up in a helicopter and get his guy, Jim to, to, to throw a dart at somebody and tag him so that we'll know where he's at. Oh, There's Samba in the cafeteria. Oh, we got him. Coach, this is this is this is this is Antigua. We got we got Kane. We got Kane. I always felt I always felt so sorry for Jim because it's like there's Marlin in the helicopter. Jim's in the in the water with the anaconda, and it's like how did how did I get this job? Or oh hey, there's a Nile crocodile. Jim's gonna go deal with it. Exactly, and and I get paid half what he gets paid. That's not right. exactly high and dry up there going hang on we, have, we need to get another angle of the shot hang on don't don't, <laughs> don't drown Hold on. stay down there stay down there with the alligator yeah. the the venom from the king cobra you've got another two minutes now if you could turn exactly. <laughs> well let's 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 get this one uh thought and before we we're going to talk some recruiting with ken here to, in a few minutes but was uh, there a thought well, I, I want to get a thought in. <laughs> I have okay. a lingering thought that's hanging there. Good luck, Larry. Try. Try. <laughs> right. uh, so the team is uh, coming back in because classes start this week. Um, I'm assuming everyone back on campus. And when do they begin to get back together and, um, you know, informally and even formally? What's that schedule look like for the program? Well, they'll be back on campus this weekend. Um, all the guys, they start classes next week. So, um you know, so now they're going to, and then they'll start workouts that following week, they're going to have official visitors uh, for the first football game. That's the plan anyway. And um, they're going to try and they'll have some more on the second football game. So the plan is to get a couple of these guys on campuses, campus with visitors, but they're, they're the team's going to be back working out as soon as they get back on campus there in August, at least for, you know, their little individual skill workouts and small group workouts and things like that. And then put together as a team, you know, practice will start full go in October. Yeah. And, and I was, I was looking through the Twitter feed and um, you know, looking at some of the stills of the practices in the summertime and you could tell the intensity um, you know, these are just summer practices. The intensity was high. And I can only imagine as they get closer to the season uh, with this group of competitors, just how, you know, just how intense and ratcheted up these practices are going to be. I think the coaching staff is going to have a lot of fun this year. Absolutely. Um, how about uh, Zachary Perrin? Did he, all his paperwork is good. The, the 611 man from France and he's good to go. Do we know that yet? Hope he's still going through the paperwork process, um, getting all those uh, 
getting all that clarified, I guess, with the dotting I's, crossing T's stuff with the overseas. Um, they're hoping he's on campus at the end of August, right around the 30th, 31st, right around that range. Um, once he gets cleared through all the uh, admissions process and uh, you know, because they're just different. It's different when you're bringing in kids from Europe, it's just a little bit different. Uh, it, it takes a little longer. So. Okay. Well, <clears throat> if you haven't, if uh, for all of our listeners, if you have not seen his tape yet, Zachary Perrin, P E R R I N uh, just saw about an 11 minute clip of his um, a ton of highlights during the FIBA European championships earlier this summer. I got to about three minutes of it. And when I've seen enough, uh, this kid's, this kid's really good. Uh, kudos to Jeff Alexander for finding him and landing him. Jeff worked hard over there overseas and he's only 17 years old and he's, uh, he's a very talented prospect. He'll be a good player. A couple of years in Illinois and you know, he might be a kid who we, we don't see a third year because, uh, because he's in the NBA. That will be so fun. It'll be so neat to turn on the NBA and see more guys doing what Io's doing. Um, that that would be exciting for Illini fans. And obviously, people don't realize, but most of these kids uh, watch more NBA than they do NCAA. So that would be another good thing to have the Illini name out there on the tongues of uh, TV announcers as uh, as Coach hits the uh, recruiting trail. Yeah. Zachary Perrin, um, again, he just is outstanding, 6'11", and I was impressed, just his basketball IQ. I mean, this is a guy who really understands the game, understands spacing, understands angles, um, you know, can handle the ball. I mean, several, if you go look at a clip several times, he was in the, he was in the, the open court, would get a de- defensive rebound and take it the length of the court. I mean, and I don't mean, I mean, behind his back and through his legs with guards around. I mean, not just wide open. So he's really impressive. Uh, well, stay with us. A fatter contract for Tom Izzo and the sport dominated by the Big Ten. We'll tell you what that is next on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuides.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it, because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy. Let's take a look around the Big Ten this weekend, shall we? Uh, Tom Izzo recently uh, already had a fat contract. It's even fatter. Uh, legendary coach from Michigan State um, signing a deal. Again, this really is a, a lifetime contract. I mean, it, it, it may be his last one. Tom's in his late 60s. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he ever planned to go anywhere. But I think at this point, this locks in that he will definitely retire as a Spartan. Yeah. What I was told from a reliable source is I wants to make one more run. Um, he wants to make another uh, final four run. He wants to have one more chance to win a national title and feels like, uh, you know, 
and have a team that can compete there. And that's his goal. And he, you know, I think that once that happens, he might be time. He may hang him up then, but uh, I think he wants to take a chance to get one more. Yeah. And I think it's smart for coach, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, the worst thing in the world is to get that uh, he's going to retire next year. He's going to retire type of stuff going after you. And by signing a deal um, you take that, you know, arrow out of the quiver of your opponents. So, I mean, that's a smart deal for uh, Michigan state and for coaches. Well, and, and he, he deserves it. I mean, he's the, the last big 10 coach to win a title all the way back in 2000. It hurts to say we're going on 23 years now. Um, but I think this deal makes him, I believe it's a second highest paid coach or is it the third highest paid coach behind Bill Self and John Calipari? Is that accurate? I think so. Yeah, I believe that's right. That, that's not bad. And no. whether you're second or third, either way, I, it's okay. That works. Like, for example, I think that, I think that right now um, we're tied for the third highest paid radio show host on this show. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're all three tied. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, some other news around the Big Ten. Uh, pretty good, interesting read in the Wall Street Journal this week, talking about UCLA and USC about to get into some really massive travel. Duh. Uh, they put some numbers that were interesting. Currently, in the Pac-12, their max travel is about 1,100 miles. Nebraska is more than 1,500 miles away as the closest Big Ten team currently, as we stand today, the closest Big Ten team to Los Angeles. Uh, they were talking about, you know, right now, you know, one or two hour trips are about to be four or five hour trips. Um, that's just maybe the new world. Yeah. I, I guess the good thing is they'll have, you know, about 50 million extra dollars to fly the extra distance. I, I'm honestly not worried about like football. And I think they can work basketball where they do the trips over there and they make a trip for Thursday, Saturday or whatever, Friday, Sunday games. I'm interested to see what they do with sports like softball and baseball and soccer and, and whatever, those types of things. How are they gymnastics? Are they going to, how are they going to have like dual meets or double headers? I mean, it's going to travel is going to be a lot because those sports don't generate the same revenue that, that make it okay. You know I mean? So it's going to be a different animal, I think. And then the other thing guys, I wonder, do they send like men's and women's basketball on the same plane? Like and play the same teams, hmm. maybe a Friday, men Thursday, women Friday, or whatever. Men like Saturday, used to, women. Right? They used to. I don't know. We kind of play yeah. the same. That's yeah. old, yeah. old school, baby. We're gonna go old school. So we do it in junior high baseball and softball too. Still doing yeah. junior high baseball and softball. Take the same plane, or I mean, bus to the games. Yes. <laughs> For a short period of time, I think they're gonna have to be creative, and maybe you go back to the future and how you schedule stuff. I also feel like with with the recent word that the Big Ten is going to have escalator clauses for additional teams coming in, I, maybe I'm naive, but I think we're going to see more teams from that area jump into the Big Ten at some point, may not be right away, uh, which will very much help the student athletes on the West Coast. I'm going to go with my long thesis I did. <laughs> earlier this summer uh, that I think by 2030, you're going to see multiple West coast teams on the big 10. I just, I, I, in the, yep. and I think you're right. I think it's, again, we've discussed before, you know, let's just say they, you know, they tell an Oregon or a Washington, well, you can come, but for only half a share and which is still way more than the pack 12. Absolutely. It's you're still, it's, you're still gaining 20 million uh, in the aggregate. So yeah, I think at that point, 
uh, the definitely will. I, I agree with you. But again, we're we're August 2022. It is still a long way to go for all that to to break out. Uh, you know, yep. one of the sports that um, those two teams will have to, to contend with, and they will not walk in as a power, USC and UCLA I'm talking about, is volleyball. Volleyball dominates. Uh, the Big Ten dominates uh, volleyball in this. The, the preseason top 25 out. Seven Big Ten teams in there. Nebraska sitting at the top number one. Wisconsin three, Minnesota five. Uh, Ohio State comes in seventh, and then Purdue thirteenth. Illinois at number seventeen, and Penn State uh, number twenty. So imagine that. I mean, you take like you know Illinois, uh, you know seventeenth in the country, but but only considered sixth best in the Big Ten. I mean, that's a powerhouse. Yeah, conferences loaded in volleyball. I mean, you know, people often talk about you know how dominant this conference is and this sport or whatever in volleyball it's the big 10 they are the number one conference and they dominate i mean penn state's 20th you remember a time when penn state was winning multiple national titles and all these long match win streaks i mean so now it's nebraska and wisconsin who are making those runs and winning national titles so and illinois was in the national title game not too long ago so this is a it's a loaded conference but you know even though they're 17th i feel like illinois feels like they could move up the ladder and you, you get in a draw where you're not playing those big 10 teams when you get out of conference and you win some games and you get, make a run in the elite eight final four, whatever it might be in the, in the postseason. And, and there's a big, you know, um, in your face for all the, all the people who said Nebraska couldn't be number one in the conference. They just thought it was going to be in football and um, it hasn't materialized yet for uh, coach Frost. But, you know, it, it, it is amazing when you think about it, you, you know, one, three, five, seven. I mean, I, it's hard to get a lot better than that for a conference. I don't care what sport, men or women's. Um, and that's a real tribute to when you bring good coaches in and you let them recruit and they start developing people, the, the, the conference goes crazy. And this is why you like the super conference, because then you get matchups that are marquee matchups for your TV guys to put out there for the public to watch every night. You can watch a powerhouse team. And I have friends who watch the volleyball and they love it. I mean, why would you not watch big 10 volleyball? Oh, it's so exciting. And I should mention not only the top seven, uh, seven in the top 25 in Michigan, just missed getting ranked. So, I mean, that's, that's eight among the elite teams uh, in volleyball in the country. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch and the Big Ten uh, coming up in this fall. Hey, guys, guys, I got a question. Yes. Do you think Nebraska would trade that number one ranking <laughs> for football? I mean, surely they'd rather be number one in volleyball than football, right? Oh, I think, yeah, they'd say sorry. Think, <laughs> yeah. so we'll have to, we'll yeah, have to talk to we'll, the people in Lincoln and see what they, they say They about would that. say, we'll disband volleyball if we can be number one in football. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after the 90s, you know, you get used to winning those titles. It's probably hard to give up. Oh. You know, Illinois fans haven't had to worry about giving those things exactly. up. Exactly. It's it's much easier for us. You know, <laughs> Although Red Grange, my buddy, he was not happy when we stopped winning the titles. Yeah, he was. Well, it's because you came on the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Volleyball, it is. A little bit of football mixed in as well. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. 
UC's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at UC Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Paramedic, firefighter, police officer. Different job titles, one common goal, to keep communities safe. They all risk their lives every day responding to emergencies. Just because they accept their jobs can be hazardous doesn't mean they have to be. Is your workplace safe for everyone? Learn more about the Put Yourself in Our Boots campaign at ourboots.ca. This message brought to you by the John Petropolis Memorial Fund. We're still celebrating the first year, first year anniversary of the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy, and the man who saunters in with a 10-gallon hat right on time, right around this time, every single time, leaves his trusty horse outside. We appreciate that because we don't have a janitorial staff here. Kendrick Prince, he's director of recruiting for AtlantaGuys.com, and he's a really good sport. He's a great friend, and uh, we love when he joins us here. With his recruiting roundup, that's why, if you're new to the show, that's why we talk about the jokes about the 10-gallon hat and the horse and the lasso, because he's going to rustle up some recruiting news. Ken, always good to have you uh, here on the show. Happy one-year anniversary to you as well for the Sports Spectacular. Let's start with uh, the young man, um, the guard that uh, you were telling us here in the break, uh, uh, Nicolo Moretti. Is that it? Is His brother played at Texas Tech. Uh, what's the latest with him? Well, Larry, thanks for having me, as always, and, you know, and congratulations to you guys, too, on the one-year anniversary, and no matter how bad it gets, that introduction you give me every week just lightens my day, and I forget all the negativity just goes away, so keep all those good vibes coming, baby, because I love it. I aim to please. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, back to the topic at hand. Uh, you know what? When you look at Illinois, it's like, Everybody wants somebody big. They want big guys and wings. And Brad Underwood, he just likes guards. And I tell you what's great, and he's going to continue to recruit them. And, you know, Moretti's one of those guys. He's a, you know, a three-star guard that Brad likes. He can shoot it, and he's a playmaker. He's, you know, he's a leader, you know, on the court. And he's a guy that um, Coach Alexander is definitely involved with. He's a, he's a lead recruiter with him, and I know they like their chances with him. And so he's a guy that they're looking at because, again, you can never have enough guards, you know, in that Brad Underwood system, and he did that at Stephen F. Austin. And I thought he would get away from it, but talking to him and Brad Sturdy, you know, you can vouch for this. He likes – he is not necessarily, you know, a big man kind of guy, but he loves guards. Yeah, no question. I, I think Moretti brings uh, the ability. They like he wants to use ball screens, and Moretti's a guy who can be extremely good in ball screens. I think the biggest issue with him now is strength. You know, he's he's not quite strong enough to play at the college level, and you saw that. Uh, it kind of hurt him at the defensive end over at the FIBA. But yeah, he's a kid who's dynamic in ball screens. Just fantastic, driving, pitching, whatever, and and scoring as well. So uh, very very skilled kid. Yeah, and, and going from, you know, talking about the guards, we go to the other end to a guy who makes the all-James Bond villain name list, uh, <laughs> Papa Conte. So we got a, we got a guy, what, 6'10", 6'11". Ked, let's talk a little bit about Papa Conte. 
Did you mean Big Papa? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Big Big it's Papa Conte. I tell you, I don't want to contradict myself what I just said about guards, but I had to throw that in there, guys. I couldn't let that one slide. Um, you talk about a skilled big man. Um, everybody in the world is going to go after this guy. He's going to have a, a you know hundred thousand offers by the time you know in the next couple months, and he'll be taking ton of up to unofficial visits, you know. But here's a guy that. I got to be honest. I think I don't want to say he's a difference maker, but he'd be great in any program because I think he's a smart enough player. You know, he's a back to the basket player. You know, he can shoot a little bit. You know, I've had a chance to talk to him once. And one of the things he's looking for when he goes to college is somebody who's going to develop him and make him not one dimensional. He understands the game at the next level, which is what a lot of these kids want. And that's what intrigues him about Illinois is because he knows what they're going to be doing in office this year. And, yes, everybody knows who Kofi Coburn was or is, excuse me. And so now he's looking for that development. And I think what's going to help Illinois with him, if they're going to land a guy with this kind of stature, is to show him what big guys can do on the perimeter. But, you know, you can never have enough six-foot-ten skill guys. And I just like the fact that Illinois is in some of these kids and ones that they want. And he's a 23 guy, which they're not really pursuing a lot of high school kids. So the list that we just talked about, there must be pretty special kids if Illinois is going to go after them in the class of 23. Yeah, I think uh, I got a chance to watch uh, uh, Papa, the big Papa, play a little bit, um, Papa Conte, and uh, this summer. And and he was really he was he was very effective. Um, he's, he runs the floor well. He blocks shots. Does a lot of good things. In talking to Brad Underwood, they don't want to take five-man high school classes very often. I mean, they'd like one, two, three guys. Get a, get your wing, get your big, get your guard, and just kind of go with that. And, and maybe even some years it might be a one-person class and then go to the portal. You know, it might be one and two or one, one high school or two portal guys. So I think you're seeing that they are really have a really – we used to have a wide net – now it's a really narrow. You can see they're focused on a few few guys in this class of twenty three now. I still think you want to land them just for the entertainment value, so you can play some biggie, um, <laughs> farm center. So let's just let's. I got, I'll throw it out there and then I'll move on. Okay, uh, another young man, uh, EJ Walker. I know you said that you've had a conversation with him lately, kid. Yeah, he doesn't have a, an offer yet from the University of Illinois, but he will be visiting October eighth. Um, when Illinois take on Iowa. But what's really weird about this kid's recruitment, he doesn't have a power five offer, but like back to back to back to back weekends, he's going to all these big power five schools, West Virginia. He's going to Illinois, Purdue. So one of these offers are going to pop pretty soon. I think he feels pretty confident about that. Um, He's starting to develop a great relationship with Coach Frazier. Uh, We talked um, just recently and he was telling me about you know, he's watching some game film and he's going back to watch things on YouTube about Illinois. And one of the things he liked about Illinois was the fan base, which, you know, we've talked about a zillion times on, on you know, on this show. But Coach Frazier's demeanor with him is what he likes. And he was basically saying compared to other coaches, he's different. So when I asked what he's different about it, he was like, he bleeds the program. And I said, you know, he played for them, right? So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. So getting him on campus as a 25 kid, is big and I know a lot of people think that's too far down the road, but it really isn't. You got to make these contacts and these ties early. Like Brad Sturdy just mentioned, they're not going to take a bunch of them. And that's not a bad thing. You know, Coach Underwood mentioned to Brad and I, you know, up in Chicago a few months ago that 
you know, the, it is going to be different. You know, they're not going to be looking at that. And they turned down 20 guys, he told us, in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to be looking at. So when you're in high school right now, if you're being looked at by Illinois, you must be pretty good. Yeah, it's just a different world. I mean, basketball is just a different world than it used to be where you're trying to have these fab fives and things like that. It's just it's not the way it is anymore. So transfer portal is the way of life, and that's why the spring's so exciting in basketball recruiting as well, in addition to the fall. So this gives us more to talk about. Yeah, and finally, before we uh, let you guys go, uh, there's a young man, uh, Amani Hansbury, that um, – Amani Hansbury is a 6'8", power forward. He can play the five as well out of Baltimore. Um, Class of 2023, I know you guys have said Brett Underwood is very high on him. Is he still planning on making a decision next month? What's What's the latest with him? I thought it was early. I thought he changed his date, Brad. I don't know if you heard the same thing or not, but I've heard he may have changed his date. It was going to be the 11th. Then I heard he moved it up. And now what's really unique about this one to me, and I would like to hear Brad's opinion on it, you know, I've talked to this kid every single time when I've reached out to him. And I just did this recent last time, and he didn't do it. So I don't know. I think that's a good thing for Illinois. I don't know if we'll take that as a negative thing. So, but I've heard really good things. I will say this, they Illinois put themselves in a great position. However, we've all been there and we've all read that things can change in a matter of seconds. But I do like Illinois' chances with this. If you ask me today, I would say really good, but that could change tomorrow or the day after. Sounds like September 2nd is going to be his decision date. And yeah, I agree with Ken. I think Illinois is in a really good position here. And this is a guy that, Illinois wants to decide quickly because they feel like they're in a really good spot uh, with him. And you had said before you felt if it, if it dragged out, that was not good for Illinois. So the fact that it appears he's moved it up a few days, that would seem to be a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I certainly think it would be Larry to tell you the truth. I mean, Illinois, I, I've said this before. I've seen a lot of recruitments with this staff and I can tell you two or three kids that I know that they've, the entire staff went after the entire staff has gone after this kid. They really want this kid. And I'll tell you, he talks about Underwood just as much as he does at any, any other coach on that staff, they have a great relationship. So I, that's why I really think Illinois put themselves in a good situation. And I was there the weekend in Champaign when he was there on his visit and it was remarkable. They did a very good job. They did what they needed to do. And he really likes the attention that he receives from this staff. He's their number one target, and he, he is fully aware of that, and he understands all of that. Illinois trying to beat out Penn State, and it appears Miami may be running third right now in that race. Amani Hansberry is the name. He is from Baltimore, plays for the AAU team, Team Durant. Um, he is an impressive player, and it's, it stands, could be the only prep player in the class of 2023 for Brett Underwood. And let's just uh, put this on record as well. If Illini, if the Illini can land – Hansberry, they did so without Ked talking to his mom. All right, there we go. Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting, alliguys.com. <laughs> Before you can answer, you got to go. Uh, thanks for the info. Thanks for the knowledge. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Keep smiling. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll hear more from uh, Brett Bielema after uh, the scrimmage earlier this week, the second and final scrimmage for the Fighting Illini football team. Counting down to the Wyoming game, three o'clock Central Time on BTN next Saturday. And, of course, we'll be uh, right here talking about it as well before the game.
Back with more after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. The Sports Spectacular continues. Glad you're with us here on this mid-August weekend. Uh, we promised we would uh, listen to a bit more um, from Brett Bielema and his comments from earlier in the week. Let's pick this up with the question about when to install the game plan for the season opener versus Wyoming. Uh, we already did, uh, so we worked Wyoming uh, at least three times already, um, uh, Indiana as well. So, um, you know, when we get to Virginia, they'll have a game under their belt and we'll see their new coaches, their new schemes, their new thoughts. But uh, for Indiana and, and uh, Wyoming, we're not going to have any film before we play those games. So we've already dived into, uh, we've already made our scouting reports, we've already done all the things we need to do. Obviously, we'll adjust it as we gather news from them on their depth and, and situations like that. But uh, we've already started. Coach, how's your develop? I mean, your routine for the first game changed over the years. Have you done some things different now? That yeah, you it's, it's, it's your, that's a good question. Yeah, so um, I think my first year, we, we probably started like almost 12 days out, like not quite two weeks, but. Yeah. You can over over prepare like and I really learned that uh, ironically through bowl, bowl preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at, um, Wisconsin went to a bowl game every year that I was there as a coordinator and head coach, and you you get that announcement and you start focusing in and you can like almost a little bit uh, get too regimented. You still want to keep some Christmas. The kids want to see different things. So uh, uh, I used to go 12, then I went to 10. We'd, we would always you know start the Wednesday before our game, and this yeah. this because we've got this early prep in on on. Wyoming will actually start preparation that we just say is strictly Wyoming this point forward on Thursday. And with the second game being Friday instead of Saturday, does that kind of change what you did this year a little bit or not? Well, twofold. We always take Mondays off, but now because of NCAA rules, we won't have Monday off. We'll practice, okay. uh, so it'll just accelerate. We'll come in, um, obviously, after Wyoming, uh, watch that on Sunday morning, put it to bed, then we'll come back in the evening, get a good Sunday jump on, on Indiana, but we've already done prep on them, so it's not like they're hearing it for the first time. And then the Monday will be a Tuesday, the, the Tuesday will be a Wednesday, the Wednesday will be a gotcha. Thursday, and there you have it. Craig Bowl's been around for a while. Do you have any history? I, I'm a huge fan of Coach Bowl. Um, uh, I don't know when we met, when I was a young buck, um, uh, back when he was actually at Nebraska, I believe, and, and just a tremendous uh, uh, coach. Uh, we've talked, we've been on different committees together. He's, a, I think, a, a real football coach, right, like one of those guys that, uh, it is what it is, and, and he's he's very uh, he's been giving to the game. He's very involved with the AFCA, uh, our our our, our uh, football coaches association. So we've crossed the paths on different committees. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, 
just the way they've played the game, no matter where he's been at, has always been solid, good, fundamental football, and it's, it's fun to prepare. Barry told us after the first scrimmage he was not happy with the tempo, but everything he was not happy with, he anticipated he would not be happy with. Do you get better from scrimmage two to from scrimmage one? I think that's, you know, any first scrimmage as a coordinator, you're probably never sure. going to be happy with the operation, um, but there was definitely things that we just needed to work and get through. Um, I think Barry's done a really good job of forecasting what we need to have ready for a game day and what we need to do in practice with just the way uh, for us to practice it, to prepare for that moment, um, the way that uh, sideline communications, the way it gets to the field, to the way uh, we get corrections, everything improved. That was definitely a lot better improvement today. Yeah. No, the storyline aside, what, what did you want him? What has he brought to you? You know, um, well, I was really looking for you know somebody that would, could be in that capacity as a return guy, bring value at the wide receiver position. Uh, Jay Kaiser and Pat Hamilton uh, came in my office. They were just smiling at what you got, right? Because the portal brings news every day, right? And they're like, "Well, we found this guy." Um, you know, he's got a lot of really good film, um, kind of fits that, that role that you're talking about. And so I, I watched about 40 plays, uh, did some background research. And, and I almost waited. I was going to call him the next day, and I'm like, you know what? I got 20 minutes here. Let me give me a break. And I called him, and he's literally driving. I go, where are you headed? He goes, I'm, I'm driving to Wyoming. And I'm like, oh, well, well let's, have, let's have a moment about this. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those stories of the ages, but uh, he's been a great addition. I mean, I know you, you talk about Matthew Bailey quite a bit, but... When was the moment where you may saw something in him was like, okay, he could be one of those freshmen? You know, to be quite honest, um, when I saw his film back uh, of spring before we even offered him, I just, I saw a guy on film um, that was making plays all over the place in a variety of different ways, offensively, defensively, in a kicking game. Um, and then a great lesson in, in evaluation, right? So we were in the COVID time where you could do those one-day evaluations. He was like in the middle of track. He had just stressed almost two straight weeks of competition. They were really, and then I think he was practicing football in there as well because that was the COVID spring, right, when everything was kind of jumbled in there. And um, uh, came here, did really well, didn't run a great time, uh, but uh, we really liked him as a player. And Coach, um, uh, to be quite honest, um, uh, Coach had just kind of stressed him, catch Coach Templeton and, and uh, Coach Pat Ryan kept putting him in front of, hey, here's a four-game edit, here's a four-game edit. And I sent Ryan um, to watch him in, the, in, the, in January basketball, I guess it was, and he's like, he called me, he's like, what are we doing? This kid's an unbelievable athlete. And then fast forward to this summer when we watched one-on-one drills, just his demeanor, his presence, his, uh, his ability to change direction um, really jumped out, and then it's just his physical presence, right? He's got, a, he's got a good demeanor to him, but he's also physically very well genetically gifted. Were you able to get, oh, go ahead. You turned over the wide receiver a little quick, yeah. What have you seen from that group? And- well, you know, um, Isaiah's made a big jump. Um, I, I think from where he was a year ago at fall camp to where we are right now, um, in so many different ways. Obviously, wide receiver play, uh, his ability to catch the ball, uh, his demeanor, his um, ability to lead, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I give Gio a lot of credit on him, man. He is he is really taking a big step. And then uh, another guy that I'm I'm just so so excited to watch him play out this year is Hightower. Um, has by far played at a level that that I haven't seen him play at. Um, kind of always knew it was there, um, uh, but he just physically looks different. He's cuts the ball extremely well, um, very coachable. Just just everything that you want. Um, I think High's done that, um, and and uh, really Pat Bryant um, has has come over and done some nice things. Uh, Jonah Morris, uh, Casey Washington, Casey's. Uh, uh, had a good fall camp as well, so I like the uh, I like that room. I like where it's going. The Illini versus Wyoming next Saturday at 3 p.m., and that game can be seen on the Big Ten Network. If you can get there in person and tickets are still available, 
Be sure to stop by the Illini Guys tent in Grange Grove to say hi and pick up some free gifts. And again, don't forget our pre-pregame party the night before the game, Friday, August 26th at Guido's in downtown Champaign. For more information and tickets, just go to our website, IlliniGuys.com. It'll be a great time. Looking forward to seeing you there. The Illini Gal, Adelia McKenzie, joins us next. This is Jeff Alexander, assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. It's it's awesome. You know, I just got to keep doing my thing. Also, in the linebacker room, everybody is, we're always pushing each other. And I think that's the biggest thing. Tariq, CJ, you know, whether it's the young guys, James, Malachi, um, Kenna, uh, Dill, Rosiak, they're all, it's just everybody's competitive and we're always pushing each other to be better every day. That was Isaac Darkangelo, the linebacker for the Fighting Illini, and they take on Wyoming in a week at Memorial Stadium. First off, guys, uh, one of the best names ever, uh, Isaac Darkangelo. I mean, I just, you could have so much fun with that. Um, and, and again, it's, it's fun to kind of hear some of these guys just get excited. You know, they know that you've been through several weeks of uh, preseason, you're ready to get out there and get on the field with all the fans cheering on opening day. I've actually been thinking of changing my name to Dark Angelo now or something similar. I just think it's so awesome. So uh, I'm with you there, Larry. I think that's good. I, I, you know, the one thing that's mentioned in there is competition. I think competition for playing time is really important at this level. I mean, I, if you don't have, and it also means that you have depth when you have competition for playing time, because we know we're going to have injuries and, and it also, it pushes everybody every day. You have to work or else you're not going to, you know, get the playing time that you want. So I, I think it's really important and you can see that they've embraced that. Yeah. And, and dark Angelo is obviously a Targaryen, you know, uh, probably from one of the dragon riders of game of Thrones. I mean, what a great name. I mean, <laughs> It's like, holy cow. If I, you know, my whole life, I would have loved to have a cool last name like that. Of course, my dad's probably listening, shaking his head. But um, I, I do think that competition throughout the whole room where people want to compete, but they also want to do well and they want to see their teammates do well. That shows what a program um, that this coaching staff is putting together because you can't afford to have guys you know, wanting themselves to do well at the expense of the team. No, I agree. And like uh, Dark Angelo, you have the Game of Thrones. I'm thinking something like, I don't know, Tom Hanks and Angel of Demons, you know. So it's 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 the Pope. It's it's Dark Angelo, the Pope. Hey, <laughs> we gotta save him. I'm thinking I'm thinking Jessica Alba, Dark Angel, right? Yeah, okay. Well, hey, yeah. Go. Suddenly it changes. Um I okay. will win. <laughs> awkward segue to bring in the Illini gal Adelia McKenzie star of the fighting Illini women's basketball team as she enjoys her final weekend of freedom before classes begin and uh and getting underway here for some uh, on-campus workouts uh, Adelia you have any dark angelo thoughts dark angel thoughts dark thoughts <laughs> uh I don't think so <laughs> smart answer that's okay. a smart that, answer. Hey, wouldn't she have a great Adelia Darkangelo? That would be a great name. <laughs> I like, I like. Great. <laughs> there you go. Just and and now it's Adelia Backpedalstein. Exactly. Trying to, of, <laughs> trying to get out of this conversation. Like, That's right. Why, why did I come on this show today? Right. Know, what's what's going on? Green, what are you guys doing? So. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, oh. Coach Green's laughing like, hey, at least I don't have to deal with these three idiots. Exactly. He's knuckleheads. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. um, well, Adelia, you know, okay, you know, I was thinking about um, when when we first started talking with you back earlier this year and and looking back even toward last year and and how how bad COVID was over everything. I was looking at the games you guys had canceled or postponed because of COVID and other programs and bowl games. And it was it, it it's it's hard sometimes we, we want to get past that so quickly. We forget that it was just yesterday. I mean, this wasn't that far away. Um, what is this like now going into this season? Your first without those restrictions, at least at the moment, hanging over your head and, and the program's uh, head as, as a whole. I will say I'm excited to be able to play every team. And at the moment, not really worry about games getting canceled because of COVID. But I know last year, like, the whole team ended up getting COVID and we weren't able to play some of the big teams like Michigan and Maryland. So I think it's going to be a good one this year, being able to play everyone and actually get the full experience. Was there like, what, what was it? I kind of look back and you've had a few weeks off here in the summer, right? What do you do to unwind? Like when you go home and you get a couple weeks, because you don't get much time at home when you're a college athlete. I don't know if people understand that. It's like a couple weeks in May and a couple weeks in August, and that's it. What do you like to do when you get home and just kind of chill? Um, I would say go swimming. I love to swim. But really, in reality, like the grind doesn't stop. You still got to, you know, do your work every day, still get better. But I will say there is more time to wind down. And usually I like to swim. <laughs> Or read. I like to read as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Brad has a hard time with reading, so we won't bring that up. Um, <laughs> Mike, the picture books don't count for you. The picture really? books don't count. So my comic books don't count. All my Marvel comics don't count. Oh. Um, Adelia, I want to know though, who who is the arch rivals of the Fighting Illini on the women's basketball side? Um. I would say first last year was Wisconsin. And that's just because we beat them and they beat us. And then we met up in the Big Ten tournament. It was like, can of see who's going to get back at each other. And we were also like one of the lowest teams. But I feel like this year we'll be really able to establish our rival because we're going to be good and we're going to be able to get people for their money. Instead of yep. getting blown, blown out, you know what I'm saying? I feel like yep. it's kind of hard getting a rival when you're like the lowest seed, but not this year. I'm telling you, I'm ready to for everybody to be our rival. Perfect. And, and you've got your boxing gloves on too. We know that. So you're ready, <laughs> ready for that. And your deodorant. We know that as well. Yeah, my uh, deodorant, and boxing gloves, the belt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, Adelia McKenzie, uh, don't forget uh, the Illini guys. We are all over campus as we've been talking about these past two hours here um, all over campus next weekend. We've got the golf tournament Atkins. We've got the, the pre pregame party Friday out at Guido's. We're in Grange Grove with the tailgate. So Adelia, make sure we're the Illini guys. You're the Illini gal. You got to make sure you come out and uh, hang out and eat some pizza with us and um, and have a good time and meet the people. Yes, I will be there. All right. Be there with, with orange. Um, you did show us the one time you showed us the orange fingernails. Will you do the orange? Will that be part of the package or no? Uh, we'll see. We'll I was see. thinking blue this time. Okay. We can do blue. That's fine. We do blue and, and bring the deodorant. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. 
Adelia McKenzie. Definitely. Uh, That's important. That's right. She is uh, the rising sophomore guard and uh, has been such a good sport and is really Adelia. We, we want to say too, as you know, you mentioned earlier, this is a one year anniversary of the sports spectacular. Thank you for your insights. You've given us a great um, insider's view on the women's basketball program. And, and it makes our show better when you come on and explain to us what went on last season, which was trying um, the transition to a new coach and kind of what you experienced this summer. We really can't wait for you guys to get back out of the court and can't wait to be a uh, courtside cheering you on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Awesome. You're awesome. She's Adelia McKenzie, the Illini gal. And Have we are week. the Illini guys as well. Um, coming up next, uh, Ked talks to, he's not an Illini guy, but uh, Tom Cakert um, from the Iowa Rivals site talking about uh, Hawkeyes football and more on his podcast. We'll hear a little bit of that. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. Iowa Hawkeyes, always a contender in the Big Ten West. Kedrick Prince of IlliniGuys.com caught up with Tom Caker to the Iowa Rivals site on his podcast to get a bit of insight on the Hawkeyes this season. The, they're going to do away with the divisions and everything, so it's going to be Different. very interesting. You know, that's a whole other story about, you know, the if they, with football schedules, when they, they're going to do the three rivals and then you know, so Iowa and Illinois won't play every year, probably more than likely. Why do you say that? If, if you if you're looking at rivals, so who? who pardon me. Because Iowa has three trophy games, and that's not against. Who's your Iowa. trophy games? Is it? I know Minnesota. Who's your other two? Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska are the three trophy games. That would just be awful, and I like the fact you know. I know, um, I know. at the start of the show we talked about. Um, getting to that part and how how that affects recruiting, but I I I, I don't like it, I guess, but I understand it. Um, but to me, I mean, there's no trophy, but that rivalry is one of the best. I personally, and Tom, I could be wrong if I'm wrong. Just say, hey, Ked, you're wrong. But I know why the rivalry is there with Nebraska, and I get that part of it. But I kind of struggle with the Minnesota part. And I can see that game being easily replaced with Illinois. But now there's too, much, too much history with the Florida Rosedale. So let me ask you this then. So how do you think now that UCLA and uh, USC joined the Big Ten, Yeah. how do you think that will affect recruiting? Because i tell you what, I, the one thing I do like about it is the, the TV market. And it's, I think it's going to be a lot easier to, the Big Ten Network was huge to begin with. And now mm -hmm. that you have those two teams out there, you know, you're going to be able to easily sell a recruit to say, hey, you know what, your games, all your games going to be on TV. It doesn't matter. You can't say, you know, it's the distance is an issue anymore. Do you think that's going to play? And also, will it help Iowa and, or Illinois or, or any Big Ten teams in, when it comes to recruiting? Because California is a big state. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent there, and some of those kids will want to go to a premier conference, and one of the premier conferences will be the Big Ten. The other will be the SEC. There's going to be no other conferences that compare to those two. Those are going to be the best of the best, right? They're going to be the number one uh, and number 1A, or 1A, 1B, however you want to term it. They're the top two conferences by a lot, and um, it's interesting because Iowa is starting to recruit like Arizona now. Um, and they're going to start trying to recruit Colorado more. And 
they really haven't, I mean, although their starting quarterback, Spencer Petras is from California, they're really kind of, and they got a kid um, last year, cornerback uh, TJ Hall from, uh, from California, but by and large, they have not recruited California very heavily. Uh, now that might change. It might be worthwhile to go out there because you might be able to get some kids that could help you. And, uh, but it's going to depend on the schedules too. And what they do, you know, are they going to give do the three rivals? Are they going to do like scheduling pods, like have four teams in a, in a pod, have like Iowa, Nebraska as the two most West big 10 teams pod up with USC and UCLA. And, you know, so Iowa would play a game in LA every year then, uh, you know, if you play just those, those three teams in that pod, um, it would be interesting, I, but I don't know how they're going to do it. I, we might get some more answers, you know, eventually. Uh, but uh, well, Let me ask you this. You and I are the exact same age, and when this news first yeah. came out, I struggled with it. I, went to, I didn't like I did it. Too. I did, did too. too. I did too. I thought it was a joke. I thought so. I, I, uh, I, I saw it. Uh, somebody sent it to me and said, what do you think? And I was like, I, I thought somebody was – like it was a fake John Wilner Twitter account or uh, somebody hijacked his, uh, his uh, Twitter feed and he didn't really post that. And, and then finally I saw other people confirming it and I was like, holy cow, it's really happening. But it, once I saw it and I thought about it, then I was like, well, this makes total sense. You know, this is, this is the, the big 10 firing back from last year when Oklahoma and Texas went to the sec this is the big 10 grabbing the two the the media market and you know they're in the and that's why the and it explains why the tv thing had not been settled when it was talked about being done maybe in may uh, at the end of may memorial day now you understand why they they waited because you know now this tv deal is going to be instead of like 70 million it's probably going to be closer to 100 yeah, exactly. Per school. And that's just, it's unreal money. It right? is. And, and money that you can't turn down without a doubt. Um, I, I agree. And that's, you know, again, this is all new, you know. And for me, like I said to you, Tom, I, I really struggle with it. But do you think, because I, I know what name or school you're going to mention, do you think the Big Ten is done? If so, what two teams do you see? I know Notre Dame is going to come out of your mouth. Notre Dame is number one. That's the that's the white whale, right? That's the great white white whale, the the great white buffalo, however you want to term it. They're the the unicorn that they they have sought forever. Uh, it was Jim Delaney's muse forever that Jim Delaney couldn't get it, uh, you know, and he finally got frustrated and stopped trying to talk to Notre Dame into coming to the Big Ten. And Notre Dame's only uh, – here's what's going to happen. The SEC is going to make sure that Notre Dame continues to be at the playoff table as a solo act mm -hmm. because they don't want to make a situation where Notre Dame has to go join a league or a conference because they know that Notre Dame is not joining the SEC. It's just not a cultural fit. The Big Ten is the perfect cultural fit for Notre Dame. Exactly. All, all, all respect to the ACC um, – if I'm the Big Ten, I go out and I also get Stanford. They're, per, they're a good fit uh, for, from the academic side of things. They play Notre Dame every year. So you're going to add Notre Dame and USC, two teams that play Notre Dame every year, go along with all the, you know, the Michigans, Michigan State, Purdue, 
uh, Ohio State's playing Notre Dame this year, uh, you know, in a two-game series. So um, you've got other traditional teams that face Notre Dame quite often. You can hear that entire interview on the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast on IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. Back with more after this. When life gets hectic, you need health care that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Right back here, still on the show, Larry, Mike, and Brad. And uh, we lost a Hall of Famer this week, Pete Carroll, the great Princeton Hall of Fame coach, passing away at 92. Um, you know, you Princeton was always that team you hated to face in March because their style was so different and they ran it so well. Yeah, I think he did a backdoor cut to the to the casket. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, the uh, you know you see those. It was one of those things. The Princeton offense became like a hot thing. I think they beat Georgetown or lost by one to Georgetown. Maybe it was, but it was just such a great thing in the NCAA tournament. I remember everybody watching that. It was like a one sixteen or two fifteen game, and and they almost beat him. And and he became you know that was you know, forty years ago, but it was really cool to watch the teams really execute that offense. And it was, they, they, he was so good, such a great coach, just a basketball icon. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because he kind of got known for the guy who, who choked in the, in the NCAA, he would come close and then they finally beat UCLA. What was that? His last year. And mm-hmm. they beat him, they beat him in, in like 43 to 41 or something. And <laughs> he got that, he got that off of his chest. And they had one of his players on, and um, he was talking about Pete, and he said, you know, he just told us we need to keep between our man and the basket, keep him in front of us, and give a damn if he tries to score. And I was like, I was like well, and he goes, and it worked. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that UCLA team was, they were the defending national champs. It was 96 in the opening round when Princeton beat him, I think in Indianapolis, but I'm not sure. But yeah, it was you know, he was a legend and um, uh, certainly he'll, he will uh, be missed and uh, prayers to his family. Hey, the big uh, stink in the bluegrass, uh, John Calipari put his, put his foot uh, in his mouth. Uh, is UK a football school or is it a basketball school? What are your thoughts? Well, Kentucky's a basketball school. I mean, people care about basketball more than they care about football, but that doesn't mean the football's not extremely important to them because of the revenue that it generates. But but, you know, because they get the SEC. football is the is basically the driving force in every athletic department in power five from a financial standpoint. But if you're looking in Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana, places like that, Duke, they would rather Duke. Duke has football. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, you know, you wouldn't get on the list. I mean, it, and, and I would even include uh, North Carolina and Wake Forest and some of these air schools. If their basketball team wins, they're more excited than if their football team wins. And there's more of a following, like a, a, I don't know, a passion with the basketball than there is with football. That doesn't necessarily mean that football is not important. doesn't mean football is not good, but it just means that they're, they're a basketball school. So, you know, and, and everybody points to revenue, but it's not just about that. It's about passion, about interest as well. well I've got a conspiracy theory here. 
So Mark Stoops needs money to keep, you know, this, this machine going and, and he's up against the best competition, you know, with, with that SEC. So Calipari comes out and makes people aware that there's a, there's a, there's a football team and starts this big stink. And now the football coach and all the players are mad and they're upset and they're objects of, you know, Oh, those poor guys. And, and maybe a couple donors will come out and, and, you know, give them some of the money that they, so they can have their own little, you know, uh, their version of the, I need $13 million that, that uh, coach day did in Ohio state. I think it's, I think it's, it's Cal doing a little sleight of hand trying to help his help his other coach. I disagree with you. I think it's Cal setting the stage. He wants a new practice facility. He's been complaining for six months. And if the team doesn't go, you know, 32 and two in the final four, um, which would mean that they are now currently, let's see, this will be 11 years since the last national title. It'll be eight years since the last final four. He needs an excuse. And when they had their horrible season during COVID, they won only nine games, worst season since the great depression. Calipari, would sounded like, you know, well, gee, you guys hire me like October 15th to coach this team of JV players to, to compete in the SEC, and they don't listen. They don't listen. What am I supposed to do? I mean, literally, that was his tone. So I think it's it was all selfish. And, um, you know, to, here here's the thing. Millionaires don't talk about money. So John Calipari, there's no reason to even talk about we're a basketball school because even people in Siberia, no, you're a basketball school. Speaking of basketball, 76ers and Ben Simmons. This week, they reach an agreement on the grievance of the money that he's owed. Do you care? I do not. I do not. <laughs> I, I, you know, Ben Simmons is, I mean, the whole sitting out, the whole thing. I, I, I'm just over it all. You know yeah. I mean? Play yeah. basketball. Yeah. Either play basketball or don't play basketball, but. I don't care anymore. You know, you, I mean, I don't feel bad for guys who are, gosh, I, I'm only making $20 million a year. I mean, it's rough, but I got to play hoops and and I just don't feel bad for guys and figure it out. You know I mean? I, I don't, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. It's, it, it's a hard one to, to, to come to, to, you know, it just, it's just bad. I mean, bottom line is you've, you've got an opportunity to play a game and make millions of dollars Obviously, he seems to have some challenges in life that he's trying to deal with, and um, that's his jump shot, Mike. Yeah, that too, and it, it'd be a, it'd be a lot better. For, it's his biggest challenge and hurdle. It'd be a lot better for Mister Simmons sometimes if you're gonna if you're gonna suffer to maybe just get out of the spotlight. I mean, if it's that if it's that challenging. Well, and here's an idea: if you're ESPN, stop talking about him. He doesn't want to play. That's yeah. clear move on it's just you know so anyway uh, is there is there anybody who really cares about it i mean like seriously i, mean, I don't even think the people in no. philadelphia or brooklyn whoever I, I don't think anybody cares like whatever yeah whatever maybe his close family that's what's that's what's sure i think they're over him too <laughs> they're over him too and, like player don't play I'm tired of hearing about it that's the amazing thing about it is that nobody's nobody's talking about it except espn I mean, when's yeah. the last time? When's the last time you had a conversation, random conversation at at on press row at any game you were at or with the buddy out at lunch about Ben Simmons? The last time was when he passed up the easy dunk in the playoff game against the Hawks. That's the last time you talked about Ben Simmons, which is what two years ago. So 
anyway hey we gotta run yeah. we're out of time hope you hope you guys as much fun as we did year two is underway and here we go for mike and brad i'm larry we'll see you right back here same time next week have a great weekend ill I and I. this I has been I. a presentation of lmbc sports llc and jm talent productions we'll be back next week on the illini guys radio network on these same stations across illinois